Let's lift our hands and give him great praise. I think we should make it as loud as it is out on the boulevard on a Friday night. How about you? We still got the best thing this world's ever seen. Let's praise him. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. There ain't no sinner in this world that's going to out-worship me. There ain't no drug addict, tattoo artist, alcoholic that's going to out-worship me. Clap your hands and give him praise. This pulpit's loaded. I got a tambourine. Actually, I'm dangerous with a tambourine. I should stay away from that. Praise God. But it is a great honor to be here. I second that. Hallelujah. Um, And uh, looking across this audience, there's so many great men of God and people of God. And... uh, on this platform and this audience are some of the greatest preachers in the world are in this audience today. And, um, you know, I, I get nervous um, because that's how much I respect them. And when I, when I uphold, when I compare what I feel like I'm, what I can add to what I already feel about them, I get nervous. But God comes in and says, everything's going to be all right. But it is a great honor to be here. And uh, Brother Townley is the finest that they come. The real deal. And uh, yes, yes, yes. And when you've got the Holy Ghost and you, you deal with people for a living, you're able, to, you're able to read some things a little bit quicker than other people. And uh, I appreciate this man's integrity and just a solid man, a solid man. And uh, appreciate the invitation very, very, very much. It's also good to see Brother Blakely and Brother Bradford. Anxious to hear them tomorrow. And uh, tremendous, 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 tremendous. One more time, why don't we just lift our hands and love the Lord right now. I know that... I know that we're standing between some great fellowship, but I just have to deliver what God has given me to talk about here tonight. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, open up our hearts, God, and our lives and bring us under the examination of the Word of God. Every great revival begins with repentance. Whatever you need to do, God, do it tonight in Jesus' name. By the authority of the name of Jesus. While you're turning in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter number 22, I want to say thank you for the accommodations. And uh, we host several conferences in Spokane. And I know a little bit about what it takes to put these kinds of things together. And uh, I appreciate Uh, the great accommodations and the competency Um, you know there's no place for sloppiness in the things of God 
and uh, I don't detect any of that. And um, sometimes we have to put up with things until God moves people along. You understand that. But I feel everything is just first class here, from the spirit to the accommodations, everything. We appreciate that so very, very much. This uh, that I am going to deliver to you tonight was given to me while I was sitting in a hotel room in Baton Rouge this morning. I've never preached this before. There is absolutely no question in my mind that God has brought us together and for me to deliver this tonight. And so it is a great honor to be able to do that in the midst of this great host. Uh, Genesis chapter number 22, and then we're going to go to Matthew 5, but Genesis 22 and 15. Did you bring your Bible? Okay, all those of you that are using iPhone products and Apple products, you should feel convicted right now. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> I know how to push a few buttons. Okay. I still believe in bringing the Bible to church. How about you? I'm not ready to give up some of this stuff. Amen. He's meddling already. Genesis 22 and verse number 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said by myself, Have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed, and as the stars of the heaven, as of the sand upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates, the gate of his enemies. Possess the gate of his enemies. And then if you would turn with me quickly to Matthew chapter number five. Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 43. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. When's the last time you saw somebody do something like that? Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, What reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if ye salute your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. I want to preach to us for a few moments tonight about the necessity of of enemies the necessity of enemies let's put our hands together one more time and let's give the lord great praise i'm so glad i'm here i feel safe i feel comfortable i feel like i'm in the right place at the right time i feel like this is an appointment come on let's really praise
by the authority of the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. After the six days of creation, and God saw that it was good, paradise, perfection, then came the fall. All of creation before the fall had been meticulously, dynamically, supernaturally put into place by God. And creation at that point is now finished. But man's fall engendered an entire different type of creative process. Separation from God, shame and fear. The need for a covering, serpent becoming a snake, at least confined to dust, weeds, thorns, thistles, a distorted creation. Isaiah 14 called it a wilderness. Sweat of the brow and eventually the creation of enemies. Possessing the gates of your enemies, this is any real first reference to the existence of real enemies to God's people. It seems like immediately after the fall, it doesn't take long after man is separated from God that now man is separated from mankind, and it is each other's throat, hence the first murder. But in this situation in our text in Genesis chapter number 22, I believe it is a furtherance, an extrapolation of what God originally said to Abram in Genesis 12 and 5 when he said, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. Who in their right mind would curse Father Abram? And yet I believe in our text in the book of Genesis after uh, Abraham has uh, attempted to sacrifice Isaac, in God saying that you will possess the gate of your enemies. That this is, uh, this is a furtherance of what was originally said uh, to Abram. As God's people continued to flourish and Abraham's covenant became expanded, there was contact with other peoples and ultimately enemies. However, as long as God's people walked in obedience with their God, God views them as God's enemies. But I'll tell you, in order for that to happen, you've got to make up your mind, I'm going to be on God's side. I don't, I don't care what comes on Hollywood, I'm going to be on God's side. I don't care what comes out of Washington, D.C., I'm going to be on God's side. I don't care about the pressures on the job, I'm going to be on God's side. What come or what may, I am on the Lord's side. Clap your hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. The book of Deuteronomy furthers this reality. Chapter 20 and verse 1. When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies 
and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be when ye are come nigh unto the battle, that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people. And you shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, we approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not. Do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I'm going to have enemies, but I'm on the Lord's side. I'm going to have an adversary, but I'm on the Lord's side. There's going to be situations I can't solve, but I'm on the Lord's side. Nothing's going to change that. Nothing's going to convince me to quit. Clap your hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. However, if they failed to walk with God, the book of Leviticus 26 And verse 3, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season in the land. She'll yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And their threshing shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing. And I will give peace in the land, and ye shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of the land, neither shall the sword through your land. And I will walk among you and will be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt. God is constantly reminding his people where he brought them from. You have got to have a reference point. You do not have to be on drugs to have a reference point. You do not have to go out and get a tattoo to have a reference point. You should say, thank God I didn't have to smoke. Thank God I didn't have to drink. I've got the greatest testimony of all. Oh, God kept me. God saved. Oh, somebody help me tonight. And the young men said, praise God. But if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all of these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all of my commandments, but that you break my covenant, I will also do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror. And I will set my face against you, and you shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. That's talking about fear when there's nothing to be afraid of. We've got the answer for depression. We've got the answer for fear. We've got the answer for the problems of this world. My God, we don't need Prozac in this hour. I'm hearing a Pentecostal people on Prozac. Whatever happened of a work of the Holy Ghost, whatever happened to the wonderful counselor, whatever happened to the everlasting Father, But suddenly, if we fail to obey and keep his commandments and his statutes, then God is no longer on our side. I may vocalize that I'm on the Lord's side, but I'll have no power over my enemy. 
My enemy will have rule over me. I don't know about you, but I'm not about to let that happen. I want to tell you, God brought me out, and there's nothing back there I'm looking for. I want to tell the young men here, if some spirit comes to you and telling you, you just need to experiment. You just need to try it one time. I'm going to tell you that lion spirit is trying to take you from your blessing, from your, from your heritage, from your inheritance. There is nothing in this world. I don't need to, I don't want to taste a cigarette. I don't want to taste alcohol. I don't want to try fornication. I want to stay pure. I want to have the anointing. I want to have power with God. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sometimes when I hear of spirits coming into churches and completely emptying out the youth department, and I know this because I'm standing in the vanguard of the church I pastor, I'm not about to let some fornicator waltz in or somebody in total rebellion waltz in and influence our young people. Is this all right? I'm not going to wait till two entire families have been taken out by some reprobate spirit. I'll tell you what, I'm going to grab that spear and I'm going to nail it to the wall in the name of Jesus and say you have no place here. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If Israel obeyed, God would fight their enemies. Notice God didn't say they're my enemies. God said, I will fight your enemies. But if Israel did not observe his commandments and his statutes, that God would allow the enemy to dominate them. Enemies in the physical sense in the Old Testament were a necessary indicator of God's favor because there were many times that God used the enemy as a chastening rod against his people. He, he positioned his people through famine, but he chastised them through their enemies. And it also brought a devastating reality to the nation of Israel for their need to repent and to become realigned. And then we have enemies on a personal level. And nobody exemplifies this more than David. In fact, in the book of Psalms alone, the word enemies is used 80 times and enemy is used 25 times more than any other book in the Old Testament. These words are used in different scenarios and Psalms that are not complaining to the Lord, but describing a predicament, a condition, a situation. Not only were enemies a necessary balance for God's people, Israel, but as time revealed, God brought it to the person uniquely on the individual level through David. David's facing and destruction of Goliath revealed his God-given ability to destroy the enemies of God's people. 
I believe in this hour. I know it's the 21st century. I know that there's more pressure than there's ever been. I know there's more situations we cannot solve than there's ever been. But I want to tell you, we've got some giant killers among us. We still have some... It's time for some Davids to rise to the forefront in this hour, in this, in this situation with the, the pressures of this life and the pressures of this age and say, I have direction from God. I'm not talking about getting rid of doctrine. That's not direction at all. That's going down. That's not going up. Hallelujah. Man, I believe this. I believe that God is looking for men to set the pace in this hour. I believe that God is looking for men that he can anoint and he can trust, that he can absolutely blow the walls out with great revival, not to lift them up and exalt them so that people can say, hey, look at them and get an attitude. But we can say, if God did it for them, God will do it for me. I'm going to tell you, this is our hour. I'm feeling unhinged now. It is our hour. It is no time to live under the the heel of depression. It's time to claim your promises. It's time to walk in the unction of God. It's time to pray like we never prayed. Not pray less, but pray more. Oh, clap your hands. Ye great men of valor, let's clap our hands and give God praise. Praise God. It was David that said, Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Psalm 25 and 19, David said, Consider mine enemies, for they are many. Time would fail us tonight to talk about every single scenario that was being described by King David. You will notice with me, since we have moved from the nation of Israel to King David now, the individual, that even people that are good have enemies. Well, they nail truth to a cross. Jesus didn't look down and say, I'm not going to let you use that hammer. You know, it's other people that have got to drive those nails in. You just got to willingly submit yourself. There will be no resurrection without a cross. There will be no resurrection without somebody pounding the hammer and pounding the nails and putting you in place. It all seems to begin with the destruction of a giant and becoming a national hero to God's people. In 1 Samuel chapter number 18, it says this, and it is incredible, but this is what lights the fuse of corrupt leadership. In chapter number 18 and verse number... I better get there myself. Man, I'm sorry for all these notes. I just got this today. 1 Samuel 18 and verse number 6, And it shall come to pass, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets, with joy, with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. 
And he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can ye have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day forward. I believe the healthy apostolic perspective should be that I want the, new, the younger generation to go further than we went. I, I, I want my son to go farther than me. I want my children to go farther than me. I, I, want, I want young men in my church to go farther than me. I didn't get saved till I was 30. I don't want anybody to have to go into the world to get a testimony. I want to see young men do exploits for God in this hour that we have preached about, that we have believed about. And no evil means Saul is going to stop an anointed David. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I'm into being respectful. I don't believe there's anybody I've ever met that's more respectful to the previous Pentecostal generation than myself. I owe, I owe so much to them. There's men in this audience that I, I was raised on their preaching tapes. But I'm going to tell you, we should put our arms around these young men and, and place a, a prayer in their heart and pray for anointing, pray for power. Somebody help me preach tonight in Jesus' name. This dynamic of Saul being afraid of David. And you know, you never really know who you're going to intimidate. You're always going to intimidate somebody. And oftentimes that's the seed that creates an enemy. It's just a suspicion. Intimidation. A false perception. Only hearing one side of the story. Had Saul known that David's head already had oil on it, he may not have been so quick to paste him to the wall with a javelin as he quote-unquote prophesied in his house. You want to know why Michael complained about the king worshiping God? Because she never saw her dad worshiping God. I'm going to say that again. You can't sit there and just think that the younger this worship is for the younger generation. You were the ones that taught me how to do this. You were the ones that taught me how to run. You were the ones that taught me how to live for God. You were the ones that taught I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you never lose your shout. You never lose the ability to lift your voice and give God the praise. Let's praise him right now generationally let's send praise in this house praise God praise God God bless you you may be seated in verse number 10 and it came to pass on the morrow that an evil spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in the midst of his house. I'm not interested in that kind of a prophecy. While a young man is blessing him and blessing the household, he's reaching for a javelin while he's prophesying. 
A fountain cannot give forth bitter and sweet. When we come to the pulpit, it needs to be a servant of the Lord that is not in strivance. Because you have to understand, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but it is the trick of the enemy to get the man of God so full of strife that he is not freely using and moving in the unction of God. There's people sitting out there tonight that want to be delivered, that want to be healed, that want to be regenerated, rejuvenated, resuscitated by the power of an almighty God. Hallelujah. Saul was afraid of David and fear is always a huge component in the heart of your enemy. This dynamic reveals that although David had to dodge javelins on several occasions and hateful considerations and diabolical draconian plans, that he would not touch the king. David not only refused to kill Saul, but to touch the Lord's anointed. David also refused to kill a man by the name of Shimei that was a Benjaminite that was of the house of Saul. David was on the run because of the disruption uh, with Absalom. You may remember the story. Shimei comes out throwing stones and hurling insults and throwing sticks at the king. And, and uh, one of David's mighty men said, I, I'm not taking another word of this. I'm getting ready to go decapitate him. And David stilled him. David stilled him. Let him alone and let him curse. For the Lord hath bidden him. David was already, st- already stinging from the pronouncement of judgment by the lips of Nathan the prophet. And he said, the Lord had been him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction and the Lord will requite me good for his cursing today. I've seen, and, and, and I've seen people that try to, uh, instead of being in the flow of the Holy Ghost and keeping their vision intact and, and just walking with God, they're always trying to investigate who said that. Uh, they're on the phone four hours a day trying to figure out who said what and who said this and who said that. I don't care who said anything. I'm not coming down. <laughs> I'm not coming down from my, oh my God, I feel to preach. I am not leaving my good spirit. I am not leaving my mountain, Elijah. I will not leave the wall of watchman. I'm not coming down. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. I don't need no distractions. I got enough of them. God bless you. You may be seated. David understood the distinction between enemies that were within and enemies that were without. When you look at the dynasty of the kings, you see that there was a myriad of interpersonal situations that created conspiracy and diabolical planning. It's always been there. David knew the the difference between the enemy that was uncircumcised and the enemy that was circumcised. 
As a king, David had it all. He had success. He lived according to principle. Had the unction of God on his life. But in 2 Samuel chapter number 11, verse number 1, it says, At the time when kings go forth to battle, when the former rains have been dried from their saturation and the expense to moving military armament is greatly reduced, it was time for kings to come back together and pick up the gauntlet, pick up the battle where they left off. And instead of going to battle, David stays at home. See, when you're not in the battle where you're supposed to be, fighting the war you're supposed to be, you're going to lose the war you never should have lost. Lift your hands right now. I think we should pray right now. My God, I feel it. God, the young Davids among us, God, establish their goings. The old, aged sages among us, God, keep them safe, strong, and sound in Jesus' name. What's unique about this passage of Scripture is that it's during the Bronze Age. And during the Bronze Age, which is a historical period, Worldly empires and kings employed an executive privilege that was never permitted by God's men. And that was that they could have any woman in their kingdom, even if she was another man's wife. You may remember when Abraham came in that he had to say, this is my sister. For he knew that he would have been a dead man. Even his lineage followed suit by saying, this is my sister. Because it was known that evil kings and despots and monarchs could have any woman they wanted. When David was not fighting the war that he should have been fighting, he got up, turned his computer on, and started watching internet pornography. Pardon the analogy, but it's alive and well in this house. But God can deliver you. There's something, oh man. God is greater. I know it's the elephant in the room, and I don't want to embarrass anybody. I would never do that. But I want to tell you, your satisfaction is not in the outward man. Your satisfaction is in the Holy Ghost. And God is able to bring satisfaction from his will. God bless you. You may be seated. And so, you know the story. David commits this hideous act. A man that was impeccable and virtually almost flawless in the sight of God. A man after God's own heart that now has killed one of his mighty men and taken her wife. 
it was a dangerous thing for a prophet to approach a king. Especially a king that hadn't prayed in a long time and repented. He's going through the motions. When a man goes through the motions, he can easily become a dangerous man. And so Nathan, in the wisdom that God granted him for this moment, told a story. Of course, you know, David said that the man that has done this shall surely die. We'll pay back fourfold. Nathan spun on his heels and said, thou art the man. David said, I've sinned against the Lord. Nathan said, and the Lord has put away your sin. But he says, how be it thou hast caused the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. When you do good and you're on God's side, the enemy accuses, but God says, shut up. When you sin, the enemy says, now we got him. Judge him. He's done it. He's killed a man. There will always be enemies. The key is to stay on God's side. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise right now. Come on, David. You're not going to die. You're not going to, God's not going to remove you. God's not going to expose you, but we got to get some things right. We got to get back into the right battle. We got to get right into the right vein. We've got to get back in the unction. We've got to get back to ruling and reigning with him. And not by ourselves. Come on, let's pray for a little bit right here. Come on, God's helping somebody right now. Let's pray. The remainder of this message is not near as important as somebody making connection right now. By the authority of the name of Jesus, God. I'm tired of the enemy going to my God and saying, look, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. That's what I want God to silence him. I want God to put a choker back on him. I want God to cause him to heal. There will always be enemies. God expects me to stay on His side. Very powerful apostolic preacher several several years ago started making some modifications. Rearrange his pulpit. 
You want to you remove this? I guess you could do that. You want to have a bunch of lights back here, different multicolor lights. I guess that's okay. And turn it down way low out there. I, still, I guess that's okay. It sounds like it's just a style. I was talking to somebody else, a friend of mine. He was saying, you know, this man that was leaving the tenants of his, of his upbringing said, you know, I'm, I think he has some pretty good things to say. I said, have you seen his wife? Uncut hair on a woman is apostolic doctrine. That ain't for sale. You might get some some funny looking lights and turn it down low. But honey, him modesty. Modesty is a doctor. Somebody help me out right now. I don't care what their education is. I don't care what their take on the scripture is. Clap your hands and give God the praise. There are some things that are not for sale. And if you're trying to tamper my people with that, you are an enemy. Sorry, I know I, 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 I know some of this is coming out pretty bold, but it's the 21st century, and we need to say it plain. What this man said about the old paths, that is the only way. I want my son to be in the old path. I want my grandchildren to be in the old path. If I see any deviation, I've got to get on my knees and go to war. I can't let the enemy have them. I will not let this go. Somebody clap your hands and shout right now. I'm thanking God for the heritage. My God. I'm thanking God for the heritage that's in this house. The power that's in this house. God bless you. You may be seated. The scripture says. You have heard that it has been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies. That's impossible without the Holy Ghost. A few years back, we were taking taking up an offering for one of our building programs. And uh, there was an individual that called me on the morning we were taking the offering. The church, our church, we were probably running about 50 at that time we were going to buy our very first church building church was excited we'd walked through the building everything was a green light but the morning we were going to take the offering there was an individual that I had been his pastor for quite some time and called me up and said I'm not going to give in this offering I'm not behind this I'm not behind you you know I'm only going to this church because of da 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 just like somebody just took a dagger the Blakely and just stuck it under the fifth rib. And I went, I went through the whole day. The good news is we took, we took up $20,000 over what we needed. Doubting Thomas, you better pray while you can. And uh, the man came and apologized and tried to make it right. But there were some things that were said in that, in that conversation that went beyond the pale. It was, it was really some personal things that were attached there. Everything seemed fine for weeks, maybe a month. 
maybe about two and a half, three months into this, I'd come to the pulpit with a message that I believe I got from God. And when I looked back there and saw that man, I forgot all about those notes. rest of the church went on a wild ride trying to figure out, man, what in the world's going on around here? We were having revival, hearing about hundreds, reaching thousands, and all of a sudden, man, there's a Judas trying to get in the pastor's chimney. What's going on around here? After about two or three weeks of that, Brother Townley, I told my wife after church, I said, honey, take the kids and go home. I got to stay here and get some stuff done with God. I'm not. I'm not leaving this building. I got. I got to. I got to get this out of me. It. 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 It's something that just. Just kind of plugged me up. It just kind of gripped me. I got down. I. I was praying for hours. And I said, God, I'm going to get rid of this family. And the Holy Ghost said, don't you touch them. They're doing something for you that nothing else can do. Heard heard another story. This one's a joke, but it still was in story form about a man that was pastoring. Had about 100 people when he started and was all done. It was just him and his wife. Just seemed like nobody had a right spirit. Nobody believed like he did. Finally, one day, they're sitting in the front room. He said, you know, I'm starting to feel like maybe you got a bad spirit. You know, that's how some men are if they're not careful. You're going to drive out what God's trying to build. You're going to tear it down with your, with your left hand. I did not come here to be arrogant and rude. I came here to help us. There is always going to be an enemy. We have to learn to stay on God's side so that when bitterness comes, I can say, no, 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 no. You're not getting my joy. You're not getting my dance. You're not getting my shout. You're not getting my revival. You're not getting my anointing. You're not going to get my future. I, I, I just couldn't apologize to him. I mean, I, I'm the pastor, and what's everybody going to think? I'll tell you what people are think. People will think this man is transparent. This man fears God. This man walks with God. This man wants revival. I had to pray through every single day. You're saying, well, we should be doing that every day. Let's be honest. I'm just telling you what I had to do. I had to pray through Bishop Alviar every single day until I felt that just nudge another inch and nudge another inch and nudge another inch. And I started feeling the flow again. I started feeling that well of everlasting water until it was washed out. It was completely washed out. And I could look at him and say, praise the Lord. I'm glad you're here today. His wife's in. His children's in. His, his grandchildren are in. They're all intact. They're all going to heaven. And we're having revival. You are always going to have enemies, but you've got to be on God's side. Clap your hands and give God the praise. My God, I feel revival in this house. Come on, it's coming. Put your resentment down. Put your grudges down. Put your bitterness down. Grieve not the Holy Spirit.
there's another situation it just seems like in my life it there just seems to be right in the midst of revival right when everything's going on there's just another enemy over here and another enemy over there and another enemy over here and it's got, it's got the same goal it's trying to get my spirit it's trying to get my purity of heart it's trying to get inside my brain it's trying to affect what comes across that pulpit it's trying to affect what happens in that altar I'm telling you there's some enemies that have to be vanquished the, uh, looking diligently looking diligently looking diligently lest any root of bitterness well brother mayo we've got our holiness really follow peace with some men and holiness follow peace with my circle of fellowship and holiness I gotta love people that hate me. I've gotta pray people that are against me. But God said, devil, you can't have them. That's my boy right there. He's a modern day David. He refuses to put his hand on something that belongs to God. Clap your hands and give God the praise. God has revival for everybody. Come on, lift your voice. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Jesus! Hard to love your enemies. Jesus said, beware when all men speak well of you. And we're so, we walked in here tonight. I felt it. You felt it. It's part of our, it's part of our nature. I want to be like, do I look okay? Am I okay? We size each other up. We have a world that's driven with image. They're image conscious. But when you're a Holy Ghost child of God, your image does not come from the outer man. Your image comes from the inner man. Follow all peace and holiness. Peace is the medium and holiness is the message. Runs on the rails of peace. Manifested to all. It's hard to love some people. What's the answer, Brother Bradford? I just need more God. Because it rains on the just and the unjust. But, 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 but God, can't you hurt them? Can't you see what they did to me? Why don't you put the hurt on them? No, I'm trying to do something in you. Let's lift our hands and pray a little bit right now. See, you have a necessity of enemies because if you ever lose that balance, it's a one-man show. got to have that balance that I love those that love me and I love those that hate me because I'm right in the middle I'm sustained by God it's not what it looks like it's not what it sounds like I'm not walking by feelings I'm totally here by the power of God and the more that I can love that person that person that doesn't like me God will trust me with other people and they'll start filling pews we'll need a new building we'll need another parking lot because now God can trust me to love people that aren't like him Everybody clap your hands and give God the praise. 
you're gonna you're always gonna have people somebody somewhere is gonna know how to get to you the reason why i'm preaching this so forcefully is because when i was in the world you just you know take them out back and if i'm not big enough i hire a couple other guys that are bigger than me to do it i've got i shouldn't say this but there's a friend of mine that used to go to the church that you're now pastoring that said after a good prayer meeting, if a guy got a line, they just go out and beat him up. The problem is in this day and age, you don't know who's carrying. You can get some skinny little runt that's got a submachine gun intent on killing a whole group of people. It's insanity. And I'm going to tell you what's happening in this hour is God is trying to get his people to the place that there's more power on the inside than there is pressure on the outside. And that's only going to happen when God begins to process us. There's people under the sound of my voice that are fighting with things. You can make it if you can make it back to God and say, I am now on God's side. I ain't perfect. I'm never going to be, but I'm on God's side. I'm clean. I'm covered. I'm walking with God. We've got to have revival like this world has never seen. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him just a little bit longer. I'm almost through. God cleanse us of our prejudice. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is, wherever it is, God, help me to love everybody. Beware of all men when they speak well of you. Why? I want to be liked by everybody. Because one of those dudes got a dagger and you don't know which one it is. That's right. See, your enemy, you can keep it a distance. You get some Judas up in there. I've seen that spirit. But I cannot confront it in the flesh. I have to go back to my God. God spoke to me, Brother Blakely, the first week I was in Spokane 23 years ago and told me that this church would grow as fast as you do. That took the pressure off the congregation, which I didn't have one, and put it on me. That meant I have to pass every one of these tests that God was sending my way. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stand here and tell you I have, but I'm going to tell you I've got the revelation that I'm going to stay on God's side no matter what. If I find myself over here, I'm going to come to myself and repent and get back over here as quick as I can. I don't want my revival to stop. I don't want the flow to stop. I don't want the joy to stop. I want people to be happy to come. I want people to be excited. I want them to enter his courts and his gates. I don't want them to think they're going to get beat up tonight. I want them to think there's going to be a move of God. God bless you. you. May be seated. Now, trust me, I can I can preach the paint off the walls, and I had Brother Nathan Cox told me he was listening to me a couple weeks ago on one of these preaching was on a Wednesday night. He said, Pastor Mayo, he said, you were just letting those people have it. 
But see, there's a difference in attitude when you love them. Let's lift our hands and just ask Jesus to help us right now. I, I did not come here to be arrogant or accusatory, but I know the great revival. But God is allowing the enemies, wherever they are, to do its work so that we can be refined, so we can be, we can be components for great revival. There's a, there was a, uh, my administrative assistant was having a birthday and we went to a restaurant. He used to work in that restaurant because he has a, a chef's degree. And, and as we were uh, eating, the assistant manager came over and was greeting him and was saying, I'm, you know, the assistant pastor at my denominational church. And he said, you know, we were just making small talk. He said, you know, my pastor got up on Sunday and said, you know, we're not looking for weird people. We're not looking for the down and outers. We're not looking for, you know, we're looking for the 20 to 40 somethings that are homeowners and have educated. Well, he was flapping his jaws. Pardon me for saying that, but you understand exactly what I'm saying. I gave him my business card. I said, you take that back to your pastor and said, you send all those drug addicts to me. You send all those alcoholics to me because I'll watch God turn that up. My God. Well, they're too much work. I don't do the work. God does the work. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. You're closer to revival right now than you think. I'm telling you, there's revival in the atmosphere. As soon as we get on God's side and accept our enemy. David. David had learned the great rhythm of life. He had learned the great rhythm of life. And he understood some things. And he understood that there's going to be seasons like the writer of Ecclesiastes. David had accepted that there were seasons in his life. And he realized one season is going to be the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Then there's going to be times that he maketh me to lie down. Then he's going to lead me into the path, or he's going to restore my soul. There's going to be other times that he leads me into the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then he's quick to add, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. For thou hast preparest in the presence. You see, 2016 was a low year for you, and that's when the enemy said, maybe I can get him to back off. Maybe I can get him to get an attitude. Maybe I can get him to let back a little bit. Maybe I can get him to get to quit thinking about building a new building. When you're going through your lowest point, that's when the enemy is closest to you. And when you're at that table, you're able to look at the enemy that tried to get you to backslide and tried to get you to get back on drugs and tried to get you to have a secret bottle somewhere, tried to get you to get on the internet and misuse it and tried to get it to walk you out of your marriage and tried to get you to backslide and tried to get you to leave your church and tried to get you to turn on your pastor 
Let's stand to our feet and clap our hands. I'm not going to dwell in the valley. I'm walking through the valley. I'm not building a cottage in the valley. I'm moving through the valley. I'm not building a second home in the valley. I'm going through the valley. I've got an enemy to put to flight. Clap your hands and give God the praise. There are men under the sound of my voice that when you understand and accept the terms that there will be enemies, you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to maybe pray all night long. You're going to have to slip out of your bed in the midnight hour and you're going to have to get a hold of your God that God will bless you. God will be there with you. God will protect you from bitterness. God will protect you from resentment. God will protect you from doing some stupid thing. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the praise right now. There has to be enemies to perfect us. There has to be enemies. But God, I'm turning to you. I'm not turning to the world. I'm not turning my back on God. I'm not turning anything against Jesus. I'll tell you what, let's do these last remaining moments. I want to invite you to just come and stand around the front, all of us, as many as you can. When I finally accepted that some things are always going to be there, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was never going to leave. Adam, Adam was expected to live with that tree present. He was expected by God to live with the forbidden in his presence. God tonight in this great environment word of God, spirit of God men of God are present God I pray that you'll wash us renew us and give us a brand new perspective of the resistance in our life come on lift your hands right now your resistance is not to take you out it's to make you stronger some of you need to say goodbye to internet pornography some of you need to say goodbye to illicit thinking some of you need to say goodbye to some things that say God I'm back on board with you God I'm going to defeat this enemy I can do all things through Christ Jesus which strengtheneth me there are some enemies that are never going to leave my life brother Weeks Just like the Philistines were never entirely, completely vanquished. But I'm going to grow right in the face of the Philistines. I'm going to grow right in the face of the enemy that speaks into my ear every day. Come on, let's lift our hands by the authority of the name of Jesus God. God, move across this audience of men of God in the 21st century. God, take this bitterness out. Take this person's image out of my mind. Come on, pray, pray. You can be open here. My God, if we can't be open here among one another. Why don't you lay your hand on the shoulder of a brother? Let's pray for one another. There are situations going on here that are far beyond flesh, that are far beyond the dynamics. Let's pray. Let's lift up our voice. 
Oh 
Pray one with another. Pray one for another. 
so fulfill the law of Christ. Come on, there's healing. There's release. There's deliverance taking place.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 